Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. expression don't we praise and worship and uh, over the last few weeks I've been a bit challenged by that thinking well is praise the same as worship is worship the same as praise and the more I've looked into it I've realized that the two can be different that praise can be worship but worship isn't always praise so I just wanted to think this morning about uh, what a definition of praise is praise by definition is an expression of approval or condemnation and applause. It's getting hilariously excited. I like that bit. It's getting hilariously excited. Right, I just want you to look around at the people sitting near you, right? And just in your mind think, if you know that person, what do they get hilariously excited about? Eh? Or are we all that old and decrepit that we don't get excited about anything, eh? Well, judging by the laughter, some people do get hilariously excited. I guess, you know, if somebody came in here with a superb Harley Davis machine, Tim would be getting excited. Um, There's one or two people I know get excited about things that I maybe think they shouldn't get excited about, so I'm not going to point them out. Um, John Pickstock, he likes to get excited, but he doesn't get excited very much these days. Because he gets excited about football. You knew that, didn't you? You all knew, John, you're well known. Uh, we'd like John to get more excited this year, wouldn't we? But not too excited, just excited. But really what I wanted, the reason I asked that is, I, I, you might want to know what I get excited about. And I was thinking about that really hard coming in the car this morning. And I was thinking, one of the things I get excited about was going on holiday when I go to the airport, get on a plane and go to some far-off place like Africa. I get really excited. I get so excited that Susan tells me I lose all common sense and do everything wrong. Um, I'm sure a bit of that's her excitement as well, but never mind. Uh, That's the way we go. What do you get excited about? But what I want to really know is, do you get excited and praise God for what he's done for you. How excited do you get about God? And I don't necessarily mean excited to the sense that we become a church where we're all dancing in the aisles and clapping, although sometimes that's nice and it's appropriate. Um, What do you get excited about? Do you get excited about your faith? Now, I don't want you to look around at the person next to you and think, I've never seen them get excited about their faith. Or maybe you do think, they get excited about their faith. I wish I got ex- as excited as they do. Hilariously excited. Hilariously excited. I want to use a couple of readings that will help us get an idea of what praise is. 
And the first one is perhaps the psalm that says the most about prayer. Psalm 150. And I'll read it out. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the trumpet, with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. This one's for Andy. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So there's no excuse there, is there? Everything's covered in, in that psalm. And we often wonder, we often Christians speak about praising God. And the, the, that Bible and, and that scripture reading, it commands creatures to praise the Lord. One Hebrew word for praise is yada, meaning praise, give thanks or confess. A second word often translated praise is in the Old Testament is zamoth. See, you're all getting language lessons here. Sing praise, zamoth, sing praise. A third word translated praise is halal, which is the root of hallelujah, meaning to praise, to honor, to commend. All three terms contain the idea of giving thanks and honor to the one who is worthy of praise. The whole book of Psalms is a collection of songs filled with praises to God. Among them is Psalm 9, which says, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Psalm 18 says, God is worthy of praise. Psalm 21 says, Praise God for who he is and for his great power. Be exalted in your strength, O Lord. We will sing and praise your might. But Psalm 150 actually goes further because it tells us, first of all, where we to praise God, and that is everywhere. Why we to praise God, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his greatness. That's why we have to praise him. And how to praise God with a variety of instruments, with dance, with everything that has breath. So you've all got breath. Some of us have got more breath than others, but we've all got breath. So the instruction there is that we're all to praise God. In the New Testament, there are examples of praise given to Jesus. Matthew refers to those who praised Jesus as he rode on a donkey into Jerusalem. They use that word hallelujah to praise Jesus as he rode, rode into, the temp, into Jerusalem. Matthew 2 notes a leper who bowed before God. And in Matthew 28, the disciples of Jesus were said to worship him after the resurrection. Jesus accepted praise as God. The early church often shared in times of praise. In Acts, the church leaders at Antioch prayed and worshipped and, and thanked God during the time that Paul and Barnabas were called a missionary work. And many of Paul's letters include extended sections of praise. And it says at the end time, 
all of God's people will join in eternal praise. Now, you might remember when Rob Halligan did his concert, he said, you know, our praise is just a rehearsal for heaven. And, uh, and, and you know, sometimes I think, maybe if I need a bit more practice, because am I ready to join in that fantastic praise, that fantastic choir that will be in heaven, praising God? And, and so maybe I need to be a bit more enthusiastic in my practice, in my praise for God, because one day, that's what we'll be doing in eternity, praising God. Then further on in Hebrews, it says something about a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. That sounds a bit more serious, doesn't it? A sacrifice of praise. How does the word sacrifice and praise go, how do they go together? Well, in Hebrews it says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. We think of a sacrifice as offering something of great cost, don't we? If we think somebody's given sacrificially, they've given more. If we think, well, I'm just thinking of like as a Christmas present, if we get a present from somebody and we think, you know, that person has really either thought a lot about the present or gone and given more than really they could afford to give. They've given sacrificially uh, for us. And you know, it's easy when life's going well, uh, when, you know, we're on a high, perhaps life's going well and job's going well and family's going well, and then we can come along and we can praise God. But when it's hard to do it is when things aren't going well, when there's illness. Perhaps we've had a letter from the bank saying they're going to foreclose our mortgage. Perhaps um, we've got, we've, someone close to us has died. Then it's hard to praise God. People always say, when things go wrong, the best time is to come to church because you get encouraged. And yet most people, and when, we don't, when things aren't going well, sometimes we can't face coming to church, can we? We think, I can't go, I'm just not in the right mood for it. And yet at the bottom of us, we know that's probably the best place for us to be. God's looking for our praise all the time. Whether we're on the mountaintop or whether we're in the valley, God says we're to praise him. If we move on to the next portion of scripture, we look in Acts chapter 16. And, and he, you'll, you'll be familiar with the story. Find the right page. In Acts chapter 16, verse 22 to 34, we find this, and you'll, you'll recognize the story when we start, is the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was to command it to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open 
and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer, called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in the God, in, in God, he and all his family. And that just says to me, well, what's, what's that all about? You know, what's going on there? Have you ever heard the expression, when praises go up, heaven comes down? And there was Paul and Silas. They were in the worst possible situation. It's hard to imagine how grim and horrible that prison must have been. But the psychological thing, he was Paul. He was a Roman citizen. He shouldn't have been in prison. He should never have been in that place. It was against all the laws and values of the Roman Empire for him to be in there. The injustice of him being in there and the condition he was. And yet, what did we find happen? He sung praises and worshipped God. And he didn't sing quietly. They didn't mutter to themselves. They didn't just repeat something. They, muttered, they, they sung loud praises. Everybody else listened to them. And the outcome was, in their midst, in their valley experience, God blessed them and brought about a miracle such that the jailer and his household were saved. doesn't mention whether anybody else responded. Who knows? But the jailer and his household became followers of Jesus as a result of Paul and Silas singing praises in the depths of the worst place they could be. But this morning, I just want to suggest to us that, you know, it doesn't matter what life throws against us. And, you know, some of us are going to have some knocks this year, no doubt about it, because we live in, in this world. Uh, if we continue to praise, God will pour down his blessing. He's all, um, I read somewhere that says that um, God inhabits the praise of his people. Then I looked that up in a commentary, and the commentator said, Don't, that's not right. God doesn't come down because he's already here. When we praise him, we acknowledge his presence, and then he blesses us because he's already here. But we just have to acknowledge his presence, then he'll bless us. It's not just imagine he's sitting on the roof waiting for us to praise him, and he'll, oh, that was a lovely song, I'll go down and join in. He joins in when our hearts are in the right place, and we're receptive to him being with us and praising us. Just ask the band if you'd like to come back up now. I just want to highlight some benefits of praise. Praise allows us to experience God's presence. Praise allows us to experience God's peace. Praise allows us to experience God's power. Praise allows us to experience God's provision. Praise allows us to experience 
God's person. So I just want to suggest, I was thinking, well, how do I, when I'm not feeling good, how do I get into that place of praise? You know, we can go to big meetings and that's fantastic. But sometimes we can be lonely even in a crowded room, can't we? We need to just enter into that place with God. And, and for me, I use a song. comes into my head. It's a, it's a Graham Kendrick song. It's not that old, although 1985 seems like a long time away now. But Graham Kendrick wrote this song. Sorry, it was there. I'm, I'm totally off track there. It wasn't Graham Kendrick who wrote this song. It was, um, find the right page. I've got one the wrong. I've called, turned the page over here. Right. It was written in 1978, actually, by Pleasant Hill. Alison Huntley. Sorry, Alison, for neglecting you there. But it's not that's still not old. But this, these words come into my head. When things don't seem to be going right, when I just need to praise God, these words will come. And you'll be familiar once I, once I start. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You went to Calvary. There you died for me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus. You rose up from the grave. To me, new life you gave. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus. You're coming back again. And we with you shall reign. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. And even when we can't find the words to say, just saying thank you, Lord, for loving me will put us in the right place of praise. Just going to close with a prayer now, and then the band are going to take over. Just let's pray, shall we? Father, we come together this afternoon, this morning, nearly afternoon. We come together, Lord, to offer you praise. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that you know each one of us. You know our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you will just water that seed that's in us. Water the seed of praise. So that every day, in whatever situation we find ourselves, we're able to praise you. Don't let the devil have the glory. Lord, we want you to have the glory for everything we do and as we praise you during this coming year. And I pray, Lord, that that praise will be infectious. Just as the praise in Paul and Silas was infectious in people's lives. I pray that we as individuals and we as a church will be infectious in our community. That people will say to us, look, it doesn't matter what happens to you. You still praise your God. You still love your God. You still offer him praise. And you remain joyous. Lord, bless each one of us. And bless us as a church. Bless us as a community. Let us be full of praise all the time we are here. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.